Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. Today's message is brought to you by Chick-fil-A East Peoria. Stay tuned for insider tips we're going to share during the episode. Today's guest is Renee Fick. We met through Flood Church in San Diego nearly a decade ago, and Renee has gone on to launch multiple projects online to help people manage their time and their lives better. And today we're going to talk about quick tips that you can implement daily to feel less overwhelmed with your schedule or your home clutter, and ideally to lead a happier and more fulfilling life. Here's our chat. Welcome to the Savvy Sauce, Renee. Thank you for having me. Well, for any listeners who have not met you yet, will you just start us off by telling us a bit about yourself? So um, my name is Brene, and I am a mom of three. My oldest is almost eight, and then my youngest is nearly three. I am a pediatric occupational therapist, and I know like in my core, I'm an entrepreneur, and so I'm always juggling and multitasking a hundred different things. I know that you're passionate about helping people create space in their life. So where did that passion originate? Probably about three years ago, my husband and I were on vacation for our 10-year anniversary in Hawaii. And at the time, my youngest was six months old, and my husband had been diagnosed with a brain tumor almost a year prior, so or um, had his surgery almost a year prior. And so he had had a brain tumor, and so we had spent that year navigating brain tumor, brain tumor removal, seizures, new pregnancy, new job, and all of the things that went along with that. And there was a point in that year where I was driving him back and forth to work. I was taking care of all of the kids. And then just as nature would have it, when you don't have somebody that can drive, the all the responsibilities of all the other household stuff kind of fell on me. And I felt so exhausted and wiped out that when I was on vacation in Hawaii, I literally wanted to walk away from all of it. I wanted to walk away from motherhood, from you know my spouse. I wanted to set up camp in Hawaii and stay in Hawaii for the rest of my life. And So I broke down in this place where I felt like I should have been the happiest ever being married with three kids and healthy family at that point, but I wasn't. And so I realized that there was something I needed to do differently in my life in order to get that joy back. Wow. Huge change. Your husband gets diagnosed with a brain tumor. When that occurred in your life, you intentionally created space in your own schedule. Is that right? Yeah. And so I knew that whatever I was doing wasn't working and me managing all of it wasn't working and that just going by the day to day wasn't actually bringing me joy. And I knew that I wanted to be a mom. I knew I wanted to be married and yet it wasn't making me happy. So what was it? What was there something I had to do different in order to to feel happy and to make that. And I had to start with my internal workings and how I was delegating my time and how I was spending my, you know, creating my space in my home and what my priorities in life really were and how I was being intentional. So that's how it kind of all got started. And if you don't mind sharing, what were a few of those practical tips, maybe something someone could replicate today, things that really helped you? 
I think the biggest thing for me has been really checking in with my mindset and being really aware of kind of that mental chatter that's going on inside and those voices that maybe we're not really recognizing or, or we're not really aware that they're there. So I have a friend of mine, her name is Leanna Tankersley. She wrote an amazing book and she calls them soul bullies. And I really like that word for soul bullies because they're those voices that are inside just kind of telling us that we're not good enough. We can't hold it together, that we're not managing it well enough. We're not the amazing mom that we want to be. And kind of tuning into those soul bullies and really being aware of them has been one of the biggest things that has been life-changing for me because when you start to expose them and recognize them, then you can create truths that combat them and you can start to rewrite that story. And so all of those times when you feel like you are failing or those times when you feel like you don't have enough or you feel like you're kids are stressing you out or you're ungrateful for where you're at, if you start to recognize those thoughts, then you can replace them with the actual truths and the statements that you want to have as truths in your life. And that's when I feel like you can really unleash that internal working and changing your life. So that would probably be one of my biggest ones. And I think that that has been one of the biggest ways to help me let go of the mom guilt and recognize that I can't manage it all. You know, I have so much going on. And just as a quick little story, I totally spaced bringing snack to my daughter's preschool last week. And at the end of the day, when I, I realized it at the end of the day, and so I couldn't rectify it that day, I felt kind of miserable. And I listened to all of those thoughts that were going on inside, like, oh my gosh, you've got way too much on your plate. You can't manage it. Like you need to let go of something else. How are you not a good mom? Like you can't even remember snack at school. And when I started to recognize that those thoughts were going through my head, I was able to stop them and replace them with, you know what? It's just snack. The kids are fine. They had snack probably left over from a previous snack or the school had snack and that's okay. My priority is my children and loving my children and worrying about snack and letting it define who I am as a mom is not okay. And so I think that that's been one of the biggest things for me is kind of recognizing that internal chatter, replacing it with truths and using it as a way to kind of let go of mom guilt, let go of the expectations other people have on you. And it's really simple to do is just like quick little check-ins throughout the day. I love that because it's emphasizing more talking to yourself rather than listening to those soul bullies. You mentioned that that was your internal change. And then externally, I'm very curious. You mentioned even, was it decluttering your house or what were some of the other external life changes you made? Yeah. So I wouldn't call myself a minimalist, but I'm definitely moving in that direction. And I think a lot of it is because I realized so much of my time was being spent taking care of the things in my space. I was doing laundry. I was doing dishes. I was shuffling people back and forth. I was constantly stepping on Legos and feeling like I was nagging at my kids nonstop to pick up their stuff. And what I realized there was this turning point when my dad was watching my kids when I was on a trip with my husband, our first trip away ever without our kids. And my dad had made a comment about the fact that when I got back, I was going to find a lot of my 
stuff in the trash. And I think it was his way of kind of inclining that we just had too much stuff. And a lot of it was stuff that I didn't need. And I was really attached at that point to a lot of the stuff and thought, no, 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 you can't get rid of this stuff because these are toys. These are things that my kids enjoy. This is stuff that we use. And it really helped me realize that it is all just stuff. And that stuff is clogging up my time with the things that really matter to me. And it's taking away my time with my priorities, which are my children and my family. And at the end of the day, I would much rather be hanging out at the park or the beach or playing with my kids than worrying about laundry and dishes and cleaning up my house. So we have spent the last couple of years really offloading and getting rid of stuff. I wouldn't call myself, uh, is it Marie Kondo? I think, I think that's her name. I'm not to that point of like, does each item in my house bring me joy? But I definitely go through the day when I'm picking things up and putting things away. I ask myself, do I really need this item? And I'm letting throwing it away or donating it be kind of my default rather than just putting it away. And are there any specific items that have been the most freeing to let go of? I don't know if it's items in particular. I think it's just the accumulation of stuff and recognizing that I don't need stuff to make me happy. I don't need stuff to enjoy time with my kids. And my kids actually don't need it either. Like we actually spend more time together and have more fun together when we're not picking all the stuff up. So it's helped me embrace no and being able to tell no to people and respecting my time because I'm also being really respectful of the things that come into my house and being really intentional about those things that are in my house and in my calendar, not just in one space. So I think it really comes to simplification and decluttering your whole life, your time and your space and being really mindful of what you allow to infiltrate your life. That definitely makes sense. And for you as a multitasker, it's now opened up these opportunities. You've launched various projects like the Motherhood Summit and now a new podcast. So I would love to know through all of your interviews, if you had to narrow it down to your top three favorite takeaways, what would you say they are? Oh, my top three takeaways, I think, out of everything is that less is really more. I think in our society, it's so easy to add so much to our calendars where we can do anything from our phones. And sometimes we look at that as being simple and easy and it's actually giving us more time, but I think it's actually taking away time from our life. So I think less is more and looking at where you can cut things from your life and where you can actually be really intentional is a big thing that I've learned over the last couple of years. And I think also that that internal dialogue, that mental piece that I talked about and how you can actually really change your life when you start to think about what you're telling yourself and those thoughts that you're putting in your head and that you're speaking and how you can use those as kind of self-fulfilling prophecies. And those are those are the two biggest pieces is that, you know, you don't always have to add more to your life in order to achieve what you want or to be happy that less is actually where you find that. And then being really aware of those thoughts that you're telling yourself. Well, and it seems like you've been on a health journey as well. When you're saying less is more, is health one of those things that you're now focusing on more than you used to? Completely. I hated 
anything health related when I was a kid. And I can remember my mom doing like buns of steel and abs of steel workout videos in our garage when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, that is not something I will ever do. And even into college and things, I remember we'd go for a walk and my mom would say, oh, let's do some lunges. And I'd say, um, no, thank you. <laughs> it was never a big priority to me. And I've learned that taking care of my body and taking care of my mind and taking care of my family it all goes together. We can't trade one thing for the other. And if you want to be the best mom or the best wife or the best friend or anything like that, you have to take care of yourself first. You have to have the energy. You have to have the stamina. You have to have the clarity. Like You have to have it all. So taking care of my body has been a huge piece of that. And it's not just one or the other, I think, is the big piece. Like You have to take care of your home your space, you know, that isn't around you. You have to take care of your calendar. You have to take care of your body in order for you to actually be able to take care of anything else in your life. Well, and now after you've put these resources out on the internet, a lot of people come to you for coaching tips. And are you hearing any recurring frustrations from people? Time. People always tell me that's the number one thing I hear is I don't have enough time. And I think that it partly comes down to our mindset and the way we look at time because we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And sometimes I know we wish we had 48 hours, but at the end of it, we all have the same 24, but yet somehow it seems like some people manage their time better or maybe it's just the perception and that could be part of that like internal dialogue, you know, that we're saying when we're like, how does that person manage to get it all done? And I can't, I'm sitting over here floundering. So I would really challenge anybody that maybe is listening and that would be their number one excuse for anything that they want in their life, whether it be taking care of their house or their health or a date night or whatever it may be that they want. I can almost guarantee that time is going to be that number one hurdle that people bring up is that I don't have enough time. And so my challenge would be that instead of letting busy be your default word, you know, 90% of the time, if somebody asks you how you're doing, you're going to reply with busy. And so my challenge would be to kind of reframe that and rethink that instead of letting busy be your default response, what other response could you say instead? If you try this, it's really hard because we've gotten so used to saying busy. My life is busy. I have so much to do. And I think you can really turn around that number one, by the language that you use around it and not allow allowing yourself to believe you're busy and setting, you know, words around, I can get this done. I can make it happen. I can figure it out. Like, yes, I have a lot of stuff on my to-do list today, but at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen. It's going to work. Like I'm going to figure it out. And I think just that intention shifts it big time. And then the second thing that I would recommend is blocking your time. So oftentimes we waste so much time in our day. We spend it scrolling social media. We, we waste it just daydreaming. We waste it shuffling between different tasks. We try to multitask and we're not actually getting anything accomplished. And so I think setting really blocks of time can be really powerful to help create more time. So instead of trying to clean your house all day long, if you set what I call like a power hour where you spend one hour, maybe a half an hour, whatever works for you, and you turn off 
any sort of distractions. You turn off your phone, you turn off the TV, you turn off anything you can, and you spend really intentional time in that one hour cleaning. And then outside of that time, you don't worry about cleaning. You don't worry about the laundry. You don't worry about whatever. And I think that oftentimes that's where we get caught up is the multitasking and the switching between tasks. We're less efficient. We get less done with that. And so many times as moms, that's what our life looks like, right? We're constantly juggling and we're constantly multitasking. And so it's no wonder that we feel like we never have enough time. So being really aware of that up front, creating those spaces in your time where maybe before you do your cleaning power hour, Maybe you sit down on the floor and you spend 30 minutes totally playing with your kids, like engaged, no cell phone, no cleaning, no nothing. Like you play with your kids for 30 minutes. And oftentimes when you spend that really intentional time, they're going to want less of your time and that will give you 30 more minutes to do your cleaning power hour. So I think setting up real specific, real blocked times where you know I'm going to spend 30 minutes doing this and then I'm going to move on can be really powerful to help unleash that time and then watching your language around it. It just reminds me of a quote. I don't want to botch it from Dave Ramsey, but he said something like this. If you want to do well with your finances, don't take advice from broke people. Take advice from rich people. And I think it's that same mentality. You're saying we all have the same 24 hours in a day. So if you're wanting a mentor in this or this is an area of life that you want to improve your time management, Maybe seek out someone who's a little bit further along and they do a great job managing their time. And you want to talk to those people and see what they're doing. Let's take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Chick-fil-A East Peoria. Here's a few insider tips that you may not know about Chick-fil-A East Peoria. First, the best-kept secret is their chicken for breakfast, which is served Monday through Saturday, 6.30 a.m. until 10.30 a.m. My personal favorite are the chicken minis. Four chicken nuggets tucked inside a mini yeast roll and then glazed with honey butter. Or you can try the egg white grill if you want to pack in the protein. Second, did you know that Chick-fil-A caters? They will deliver and set up all of your food for your event, such as your business meeting or your birthday party. There are even a few menu items that you can only get through catering, including the waffle potato chips and chilled grilled subs. Finally, did you know you can skip the line and earn your way toward free food in the process? Just download the free Chick-fil-A app so you can place your order and pay on your mobile device, then bypass the entire line as it's ready for you when you arrive at Chick-fil-A East Peoria. For more insider tips or to fill out an application online, head over to cfaeastpeoria.com. You and I knew each other from church years ago. Do you feel like God has played a part in really grabbing your attention and making this big life change? I do. And I think that so much of what I've learned and the little principles that I've learned over the last couple of years have been things I think I've heard my entire life. They're meditate on my word and be still and know me. And, you know, all of these little principles like treat your body as a temple, like these things that I feel like were so ingrained in my head as a growing up Christian in the church person that I started to not really take them to heart. And I didn't actually put them into practice. And now that I'm actually putting them into practice and I'm helping people, it's kind of brought it full circle in the sense of like, these are, these are truths and principles that have been there from 
biblical days. They're foundational. And so I do feel like so much of what I've learned has been stuff I've heard over and over and over again. But yet it took like this, you know, meltdown moment in Hawaii for God to really open up and say, like, there are so many other people that have heard these truths too, but they're not actually implementing them and they don't understand them and they don't know, realize how powerful they can actually be in their life. Or maybe we've heard it so many times that we've just let it be like, oh yeah, that works, but we never actually put it into practice, if that makes sense. My husband, Mark, always says, wisdom is knowledge applied. And you're saying you took this knowledge from the Bible and you're actually applying it to your life and it's creating a huge impact. So on this topic of time, practically speaking, now that you have three kids, how do you find time to do all these things that you love? Like, will you walk us through what your typical week looks like? Yeah. So I do have a lot on my plate and I've gotten really good about not saying I'm really busy. <laughs> so, but I do have a lot and I work part-time. I work two full 10-hour days at the hospital here. And so I have two days of my week that are pretty much devoted to that. So in the morning, it's getting up and getting shuffled out the door and then working all day and coming home. And I get home after dinner and before the kids go to bed. And so really on those days, most of my time when I'm home is spent just with the kids, like helping get bedtime together. And it can feel kind of chaotic. And so I really make that time that I'm putting them to bed I try to make it intentional. I try not to get distracted by my phone and know that like, okay, I've got one hour with my kids right now and, and that's all I've got today. And so I'm going to make that meaningful for me. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are my days where I'm home most of the time and I've got kids or, you know, I'm shuffling between, you know, the typical errands of dental appointments and oil changes and all of that, like getting all of that done. And when I think back at my schedule, it's really those power blocked times that I, I have found that have enabled me to get through it all. So I know that on Tuesday mornings is when I do all my cleaning and Tuesday afternoons is when we go to Costco or the grocery store and we get all of our shopping done. And, you know, Wednesday nights is Girl Scouts and I'm just really intentional about what gets put on my time. Time and where my time goes. And then it's those extraneous things like the kids snack that I told you about that weren't on my calendar that I didn't get on there, that those are the things where my ball gets dropped is if it's not a priority on my schedule. But I think that overall, like when I look at my days and I look at my time, it's really those power hour scheduled times. And if you looked at my Google calendar, I have everything blocked in there. I have time for my workout. I have time for journaling. I have time for playing with my kids. I have time for cooking. I have it all on my calendar so that I know where my time is being spent. And it's not getting wasted in random things, if that makes sense. But it also has blank space. It has space where there is room for things to pop up or room for us to go play and have fun. And I really make having play time and fun time and blank space time, I make it a priority to be on my schedule. It's not just the extra, if that makes sense. It does. And I think equally as important, what do you find that you're saying no to in this season? 
Mm, to be completely honest, my no time has been really in the area of friends. I have a lot of friends that I connect with digitally and on the phone and things like that, but actually one-on-one in-person time with other people outside of my family is probably the biggest space that I've had to say no to. And each of my kids get one extra thing outside of school and that's it. Like we're not adding in multiple things for them each day of the week or even when it comes down to like baby showers or bridal showers or things like that. Those are oftentimes the things that I say no to. And in this season, I've just acknowledged that that's okay for me and I'm okay with that. But I would say that overall, that's the biggest one is, like you said, learning to say no. I I say no a lot and I say it no easily because I know what my priorities are and my intentions are and I'm focused solely on those. And so if it doesn't align with something that supports one of my priorities right now, I let go of it and I say no gracefully and understand that they don't know my life. And if they're upset about that, that's not... That's okay. I think that's a great point, though, that you do start with the vision casting. You start with what are my priorities? And then that helps inform where your time and budget is going to go and where you're going to say no. Our team would love to know, has the Savvy Sauce benefited you in any way? Our hope is that your life is enriched just a little bit more after listening and applying lessons from each episode. If you have enjoyed the podcast, Would you show us your support by pledging $5 per month to become a patron? You will receive some awesome perks and your contribution will help us offset the production costs for the Savvy Sauce so we can still make the majority of our content free to the public. We hope you consider partnering with us today. Just visit our website, thesavvysauce.com and click on our Patreon tab. Thank you for your consideration. So as you're being so intentional with these blocks of time, when do you actually sit down and draw out your calendar? Well, I've tried doing a paper calendar and it never worked for me because I felt like I didn't have the time to actually sit down and do the calendar so precisely. So I love Google and I've created different calendars in my one Google calendar. And so each one has a different color. And so it auto imports all of those routine tasks, those things that are on my schedule on a week to week basis. So it makes it easy that I'm not adding in you know, the same things over and over and over again every week. And so I can just quickly look at my week ahead and know what's coming up for that week that maybe is out of the ordinary or something that's different or of that nature. So it makes the calendar planning pretty easy because I can kind of quickly get a glance. You know, Sunday night, I can look forward to the week that's coming and just know, oh, on Thursday, we have a dentist appointment that's not usually there or something of that nature. But those routine tasks and those things that are there ongoing, they're just on my calendar without even thinking about it. Oh, I think that's huge. Having those reoccurring routines or habits. So breaking it down then, like cooking or working out or cleaning. You're not saying you do all of those things every day, but you have a time designated at least once, maybe multiple times per week. Is that right? 
Yeah, there's a few little habits that I consistently do. And I just ran a decluttering challenge, like kind of sharing a lot of those. But I do have some habits like my two minute rule, where if there's something I can accomplish in two minutes, I try to do it right then rather than procrastinating it. So that might be when you come in from your house and you take your shoes off rather than just leaving them by the door, can you go hang them up right away? Or when you get done with your dishes or dinner and you're putting the dishes in the sink, can you rinse them and put them in the dishwasher right away? And so if you can do those things in two minutes or less, I recommend doing them right away so that they don't pile up. Because oftentimes what happens is it's not so much the managing all of our household stuff that gets burdensome. It's the fact that we're doing it all the time and that we have so much piled up that we feel like we never make progress. So it's kind of this ongoing thing. So I have my two minute rule and then I do a 10 minute sweep every night. So every night the kids and I all go through and clean up as much as we possibly can. I want everything in the floor or on my flat surfaces in my living room and kitchen space to be put away almost every night. And when you do that, it makes it much more manageable to keep up with on an ongoing basis. And the only way that it really makes it super manageable is when you get rid of stuff and you have left stuff. So it makes putting it away so much simpler every night. So I do try to go to bed every night with my kitchen clean, my living room clean, and the kids' bedrooms clean. But I think it's because we've created this habit of taking 10 or 15 minutes every night and doing it. I can tell you that my floor is not clean. I don't know when the last time it's been mopped or the last time I've cleaned the toilets and the bathrooms. But as far as the clutter and the stuff, I try to make it a habit of getting it taken care of every day. After hearing this message, some people may want to dive a little deeper. So do you have any resources or podcasts or scripture references, anything that you would like to direct listeners towards? Yeah, so I have two free downloads you can do on my website. One of them is in regards to the clutter. And so it's like my five steps to declutter. So if you're looking for more practical tips, like my two minute rule or my 10 minute sweep or things like that, you can download that. And it also goes into how you manage to do it with grace. Like how do you give yourself the space to let some of that stuff rest so that you can actually enjoy and not focus on like your house has to be clean all the time. And then the other one is my five essentials to creating a life you love. So this goes into more of that mindset and kind of surrounding yourself with people that are going to bring you up and those critical pieces that I feel like have helped me get to the place that I am today. That's awesome. We'll definitely link to those in our show notes. And where can listeners specifically find you online? So my website is the best place to find me. I have kind of a weird spelling. It's just my first and last name.com. And I'm assuming, Laura, you can just link that up. But it's just Renee Fick, and that's F as in fish.com. That's the best place. That's where I'm putting all of it. Perfect. Well, I love to close with the one question that I ask every guest. And that's because we're called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge. And as my final question today, Renee... What is your savvy sauce? I think that my number one thing would be to check in with that mental chatter and watch how you're talking to yourself. It's so easy to see other people doing it really well on the internet and compare I had a person, her name is Jill Savage. She had told me like that you're comparing your inside reality to somebody's outside reality. And so it's that idea of looking at 
somebody else's outside perception of what's going on in their world. And then you're comparing your inner workings to that. And so putting that on hold and kind of really just checking in with that mental chatter that's going on inside, speaking truth over that and watching how that language is really dictating and and steering your life and what it's allowing you to accept opportunities and what opportunities it's having you decline and all of that based on just that internal dialogue. So I think that that would be my biggest thing and like really learning to retrain that thought process and retrain that mental chatter and letting go of those soul bullies so that you can create kind of the life that you really want. And it sounds like you've done exactly that. So this was really fun to get to connect today and actually document one of our conversations. So thanks for being my guest, Renee. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news. And I want to share the best news with you but it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, He made a way for His only Son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with Him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished, if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone. Say it out loud. Get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. Luke 15.10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. 
The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.